Okay. All right. Exodus chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be the beginning of months for you. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month they are each one to take a lamb for themselves according to their father's household, a lamb for each household. Now if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house are to take one according to the number of the persons in them, according to what each man should eat, you are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be unblemished male, a year old, and you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill the lamb at twilight. <clears throat> Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they, uh, they eat it. <clears throat> they shall eat the flesh the same night, roasted with fire. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boil. <clears throat> at all with water, but rather roasted with fire, both its head, its legs, along with its entrails. And you shall not leave any of it over until morning, but whatever is left uh, of it until morning you shall burn with fire. Now you shall eat it in this manner, with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, for you shall eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover." For I will go through the land of Egypt <clears throat> that night and will strike down all the firstborn of the land, uh, both man and beast, and against all the gods of, of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the hand of the land. Now this day will be a memorial unto you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, and you shall you are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. Okay, <clears throat> that's what Scripture says. That's what Scripture says. Now, we have a lot of of um, of things that come up that are tied to faith or religion. Um, um, see that he's got a set of it. Okay, good. Uh, <clears throat> and through the years, like a lot of things, it's been diluted, perverted. Um, just simply, it's simply wrong from what it uh, originally started to be. Uh, <clears throat> and if you look with your calendar, we'll start here, and uh, <clears throat> then we'll we'll read. Uh, all right, the first thing I got on the calendar is on March the fifth, Mardi Gras was celebrated. Okay, if you go to the third page there. Uh, we talk a little bit about Mardi Gras, and in the first paragraph, in the last sentence of that, Mardi Gras is French for Fat Tuesday, 
reflecting the practice of the last night of eating rich, fatty foods before the ritual fasting of the Lenten season. Well, that sounds good. Have any of you ever been to Mardi Gras? In Brazil, yeah. Uh, you, you saw a big one. Uh, Terrible. <laughs> when, I was, when I was in high school and I was in the band, we went to Mardi Gras one, one year as a marching band. At that time, there were five breweries in, in New Orleans, local-owned breweries. They opened them up. <laughs> And, and Mardi Gras, I've never been, I don't, I, I've never been again, I don't want to go again. It's just one of those things. It was a, <clears throat> it was last day to load up before Lent. Um, also on that, on that, that page down there at the last paragraph, it says pancakes are a traditional food. Pancakes and related fried breads or pastries. Is anybody eating a king cake? That's a big deal down there, a king cake. Mardi Gras is our Catholic and our ecclesiastical um, religion people. They make a big thing of Mardi Gras and subsequent Lent. Uh, it's been perverted through the years, and it's come to be a party and no meaning. So you have Mardi Gras on Tuesday. You have Ash Wednesday the next day. And that's uh, on that same page, I say a little bit about Ash Wednesday. Uh, marks the beginning of the season of Lent. <clears throat> Lent is a season of 40 days, not counting Sunday which begins on Ash Wednesday and ends on Saturday. Lent is a time when many Christians prepare for Easter by observing a period of fasting, repentance, moderation, and spiritual discipline. I have known people who took Lent seriously, and that's very good. But more times than not, it gets to be a joke, and I'm sorry because it could mean a whole lot. Uh, Facebook is on the public domain. Is that true? So I can quote from Facebook? Why not? You're not going to trouble this morning. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to give names. <laughs> this, this came across... I, I don't have a Facebook page, but I... I creep on Veltas. <laughs> I'm a creeper, she says. Okay. Okay. This was all in red letters. Y'all, I totally for I totally forgot we couldn't eat meat on Friday. Does it still count against you if you truly didn't do it on purpose? I ate bacon for breakfast. This is on Facebook, you know. You can't, I'll nuts it. Comments. It's okay because God knows what we're going to do beforehand, so it was his choice to allow you to eat meat. You, you mull on that a little bit. 
Might as well go ahead and eat all the meat you can today because you're toast. <laughs> Unless it was a willful act, you are not responsible. I give you a special dispensation. Go forward and sin no more. Sin is the intent, not the action. Think about that a little bit. Well, of course you'll burn in hell. My mom grew up Catholic. Her whole family is Catholic, and they're scarred from the Catholic guilt. That's just one comment about Lent for the world to see. It's, it's a, you're preparing for, for, for Christmas, um, excuse me, for, for Easter. <clears throat> My mother used to say, she, she taught school down in South Louisiana, and, and that a lot of the, you know, what are you going to give up for Lent, and says, well, I'm going to give up Hershey bars. Well, <clears throat> wasn't long, they saw them eating a snicker. You know, we get legalistic about some of this stuff, and all the meaning of spiritual or religious meaning is grown out the window. So on this on this uh, this calendar in March, I started one the little countdown, like Scripture says, from Ash Wednesday to to. Uh, to Easter is 40 days. So if you go to the second page there, we're still counting down. And this is, this is so up to date, it's where we are this, this coming week. This is this week, this month. So Saturday is the first of Nisan. According to Exodus 12, the Lord said in verse 2, This month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. So Saturday is the first day of the Jewish year. It's the first of Nisan. Now you see that 5,779 I've got printed out there? I don't know who started keeping records. But this is the 5,779 beginning of a Jewish year. They've got them, they've got them, I have them here. You want to know what it's going to be in, um, in 2027? Sure. It's going to be on Wednesday, uh, the 21st, is going to what it's going to be in 2027. And that's going to be the year of Nisan 5787. So the Jews have been careful to keep some very good records along the way. I'm not going to argue with them. I have no idea, you know. But this is what they have. So Saturday is the beginning of the Jewish New Year. And they, they count down. Now, Wednesday on the 10th, I've got their take a lamb. On the, third, on the third verse of chapter 12, speak to the congregation of Israel saying on the 10th of this month you each one to take a lamb for themselves or to the number of the household okay then we keep on trucking and we got the 14th Palm Sunday 
which is a uh, evangelical Christian uh, observance, uh, observing the the Sunday before the Lord's death, and it is uh, where uh, he rode a triumphantly into the city of Jerusalem, and we 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 honor that day there. Then. On Thursday this year at 7 o'clock in our church, we, we have not done it uh, in a couple of years, but we're going to do it again uh, this year, what we call Maundy Thursday, which is a reflection, a very sober service, a very sober service of Scripture and some music where we're looking forward to the next day, which is Good Friday. It's the 14th day of Nisan. It's Good Friday, and the Jews are to kill a lamb at twilight. <clears throat> then, then the 20th is Passover, and then the 21st is Easter, and the beginning of a week of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And it goes from that Sunday to the 27th, the end of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now the Jews have something to do every day and they go back to the Torah. What is the Torah? It's the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They go back to their Torah and they, and they read some scripture. And I've got them all here. Uh, what they read on Sunday through Saturday there, which is, uh, they, they pronounce it P-E-A-C-H. Uh, that's how it's spelled. P-E-A-C-H. Pasak. Uh, I probably butchered that, but anyway, that's, that's... So the Jews have not only <clears throat> changed the name from Passover to that word, you know, they have totally, almost totally disregarded the, 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 the meal that they are to have according to Scripture. Okay, if you'll look, and let's go to page, um, oh, okay, let's, the top of page four, I believe I got Seder. Uh, that's what they call Passover. They call it eating this Seder meal. And it's a, a Jewish <clears throat> rite, service, ceremonial dinner for the first night or two nights of Passover, a Seder meal. And like a lot of things, there's a couple of different groups of Jews. You can read this later, but the first group, uh, it's about 74% worldwide. The second group... Basically, they're Spanish-speaking, and they're about 16% worldwide. That doesn't add up to 100%, so there's some more out there somewhere. <laughs> so, um, and then we make a statement on the very bottom here that the calendar we use, Easter is the first Sunday of the Paschal full moon, which is the first moon after April the 21st. Easter always falls between March and 20, the 22nd and April the 25th. We've, you've probably said it yourself, you know, well, we got an early Easter or we got a late Easter. 
and it's all based on where the moon is. And, uh, and they've got dates all out forever, I suppose, you know, that they've got them. And so that's what that is. But the Seder meal, go to the next page. <clears throat> the Seder meal is a long cry from what, Mo what the Lord told Moses to do and that we just read in chapter, in chapter 12. Uh, you shall eat the flesh that night, you know, with bitter herbs and unleavened bread. Do not eat any of the roll or boil, or so forth and so on. So <clears throat> he starts out here. This is from, I took this, this particular thing from, I, did I give credit for it? It's, a, it's on the top of the, the last page, C-H-A-B-A-D. It's a Jewish website. And I also printed it out from, Art mentioned it last week, um, it's uh, Judaism 101. And they just have reams of information about the Passover meal, but they call it P-E-A-C-H. Uh, somewhere it told me how to pronounce it, but I don't know, oh, Pesach uh, is the way they say pronounce it. Uh, so we've come a long way in the 5,779 5, times that they've done this. And it says at the beginning, most ceremonial foods for Passover are presented on a Seder plate and should be prepared or purchased in advance. Although there's variance when it comes to representative food, there are few items that are always the same. The lamb shank bone, an egg, horseradish. Each food sits in a space labeled by its Hebrew word. So they give a picture of it here in just form that they've got, they've got the foods, it's represented on a plate. You see where we're going? The, the, the form of ritual and the legalism that's done and yet <clears throat> Yet, they say here that while the national Jewish population is 67% of Jews, uh, that's 67% that's of Jews routinely hold or attend a Seder, while only 46% belong to a synagogue. So more Jews observe the Seder which is another word for Passover, than belong to a synagogue. Um, we have the same thing here. You know, we, uh, you've heard me tell this before, you know, uh, Jerry Clower, that great theologian from Mississippi, <clears throat> he, says, uh, he says, come Easter Sunday morning, he says, if there's a lost man sitting in his place, that's fine. But if it's a Baptist that hadn't been there since last Easter, he's going to have to get up. <laughs> so we, we have our own little, little things that we... <laughs> I'm not going to go there, Brendan. <laughs> so anyway, when we go back to looking at this list of food, you know, here... 
And they've got names for them that I can't pronounce. K-A-R-P-A-S is a vegetable, uh, preferably parsley or celery. You can read these things. M-A-R-O-R, a bitter herb, usually horseradish, and so forth and so on. And we get down to, I practice pronouncing this word, honey, Z-E-R-O-A-H, how you pronounce it? Zorora. Okay, go, go down and find that one, okay? Zorora, uh, traditionally, Zorora is a piece of roasted lamb shank, symbolizes the paschal sacrifice, sacrificial offering and the outstretched arm of God. If it's dip, difficult to find a lamb bone, you can use a poultry neck or a wing. Skip down to the next paragraph. Since this symbolizes a paschal sacrifice, which was roasted, the custom is that it's roasted as well. Now, this is where you got to be careful. However, since it's absolutely forbidden to sacrifice outside of the Temple Mount, we do not want to appear as if we are heaven forbid eating an actual paschal sacrifice we do not eat the Zipporah what's wrong with that is is the Passover a sacrifice the Passover is a ceremony it's a commandment to do it's not a sacrifice it's not a sacrifice. So therefore, they're taking some liberties here. This is from a Jewish website. They're taking some liberties and saying, well, we can't, we can't do this, you know, really. So we're not going to eat this. Now, through all this literature, well, let me get over here. They're, they don't use the, the Torah for their Seder blessings. They use a, a book, it's H-A-G-G-A-D-A-H, and it tells you what to do. The first cup of wine is poured, and, it's, and, then, it's, and then prepare the meal, the sixth day. The heavens and the earth and their hosts were complete, and on the seventh day, G-D finished his work that he had made. He rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made, and on and G-D, the seventh day was made holy. What, what are they saying there? Some more their, some more their tradition, some more their legalism. You know, they can't pronounce the word God, can't pronounce the word Lord. They don't print it. You know, that's, that's beneath them to, to print God, or oh Lord. <sighs> Folks, if we as a people, or we as a church, a local congregation, or we as a denomination, ever get away from this book, we are in trouble. And there's people after people after people that are doing that very same thing. The Jews 
big time. They have, they're not doing what the book tells them to do. And, and it's just, it's just, it's just amazing. Our European, our European friends, you know, uh, Germany, France, and very quickly, the UK is headed to where anything is acceptable. And this book doesn't really mean anything. It's a guide. That's all. Scripture is true. Now, before I, <laughs> before I get too hard on my Jewish friends, turn to Matthew 26. <clears throat> Matthew, first book in the New Testament. Matthew 26, look at verse 20. Here, Matthew is telling of two things, the Passover and the Lord's Supper. They're two different functions, two different things. In verse 20, he talks about the Passover. In verse 26, he talks about instituting the Lord's Supper. But now, let's read in verse 20 of, verse, of chapter 26. Now, when the evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with his 12 disciples. Um, as they were eating, he said, Truly I say unto you, one of you will betray me. Being deeply grieved, they said, each one began to say, Surely not I, Lord. And he, he goes on to talk about it. Go back to verse 20. What's different with verse 20 as it is in Exodus chapter 12? They were... Say it again. Moses, the Lord told Moses... Eat it in haste. Eat it with your sandals on, your gird, your, your clothes up, have your staff in your hand. He said, that's the way you to eat it. I don't know where th this last supper or last Passover over that Jesus had, I don't know what year it was, but it had digressed from that point to where they were reclining at the table. So there is an evolution in what we do and how we do it. And I understand, you know, lamb slaughtering it at twilight, you know. I understand, you know, you couldn't do that in some of the Jewish communities. But we've gone a long way from, from what's saying here. If you go through, if you go through their entire text, that they, again, they use this, not what Scripture says. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting. Uh, let me read you one little thing over here. They've got it down. I mean, it's, it's, uh, if it falls on a Sabbath day, you're to do this. Um, Wash your hands. Uh, 
in the middle, break one, Masan two. The larger one, so forth and so on. I'll say a little bit on that. Uh, what makes this night different from other nights? On all nights, we not dip even one. This night, we dip twice. On all nights, we eat. On this night, we only eat masa. On all nights, we eat all kinds of vegetables. On this night, just horseradish. On all nights, we eat sitting upright and reclining. On this night, we all recline. So, so they have, they have kind of changed what Scripture has said. Maybe it's a little thing. Maybe it's not a little thing. All right, let's go back to that page that we were reading about um, the last paragraph. This fact that we do not consume the zoror at the seder. Are you with me? It's on the second to last page. The fact that we do not consume. You with me? Okay. It says it brings an interest, interesting complication. On non-sabbatic holidays, we do cook with certain restrictions provided that we will eat the food during the same day. So if you forgot to prepare, prepare the meal before the Passover and wish to roast it during the holiday, Make sure you eat the, in, in the following morning and not at the Seder itself. Now up here he says you couldn't eat it because he wasn't sacrificial at that point. He says we do not cook food on S-H-A-B-B-A-T. So when the Seder con coincides with that, we, you need to roast it on Friday afternoon. But the truth of the matter is, the Passover is a non-working day. Nobody is to do anything, even cook. So they're contradicting their own, their own stuff. Okay, another little thing that I thought was interesting on, on, on the last page, go down to the third paragraph, in addition. In addition to traditional foods, four glasses of wine are consumed during the service, representing the fourfold promise of redemption. A special class glass is left for Elijah, who's going to visit during this meal. Well. <laughs> That's probably true, John. I, I wouldn't. I would probably be drunk after two. But anyway, uh, I'm not fussing. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to put the, our Jewish friends down. What I'm trying to show you, and what I'm trying to say, that all these pomp and circ. Go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say, although traditions in the Jewish community are so different and we don't understand them necessarily, we should probably spend as much time thinking about the traditions that we don't follow in our own 
I was going to say I was going to say something along that line. Have you ever heard the term fasting and prayer? Yes. Where's the emphasis? Is the emphasis on the fasting? Okay. We do a lot of things like that, you know. Pray for me. I will. Bill, fasting do we? It's not just a food, though, is it? I mean, isn't that, when you say fasting, that may be taking something that we really cherish and do not do it for a period of time. I suppose it could be. It mostly is meant for food, though. Yeah. You don't eat so you can pray. But don't, we sometimes will, in fact, I've had some people ask me, or, you know, I don't eat breakfast on Sunday morning. Are you fasting? No, I just don't eat breakfast on Sunday morning. That's Bill, you know. Um, Mark's right. There's a lot of things that we do. And I'm not, I'm not, like I was started to say, I'm not putting our Jewish friends down to the extent <clears throat> that they're a long way from what God said to do. I'm sure that, you know, when Nehemiah and Ezra, they stood all day and heard the gospel pre or, or the word being preached or read, I couldn't stay there all day. I wouldn't want to stay there all day. I have enough trouble reading the whole scripture in my recliner. But you, 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 you see, we're taking, we're taking these things that are supposed to be a religious significance, and we've boiled them down to a botchery, stuff that doesn't mean anything, you know, where you know, you see where I'm going? We just need to be careful. And we need to stay with the book. And a lot of things have happened in 5,000 years or whatever the, their counting is. Okay, let's go back to chapter 12. Now, I read a little bit about the Feast of Unleavened Bread in verse 14. And, it's, and we put it on our, on our uh, calendar. And yet, <clears throat> so many times in Scripture, it may not be chronological. And that's what sometimes we apply this. But from verses 14 through verses 22... Is kind of a parenthesis because the Lord gives it here, you know, and He wanted us to know it. But in that first first Passover, they didn't do this. They didn't have seven days there. Now they did take unleavened bread with them as they crossed the Red Sea. 
But this particular writing here from verse 14 to verse um, through verse 20, excuse me, it's, it's talking about future things. And we have it here that they have the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And again, it's, it's to assemble yourself in, and to, to uh, realize what had happened to them. And they go back and read it on, on all these days, what they have. They go back and on the first day they read from Exodus 12. Um, uh, they read Exodus 12 and then Numbers 28. On the second day they read from Exodus 12 through Numbers 28 again. It's different scripture. Uh, then on the third day they read Leviticus. And the fourth day they go back to Exodus 13 and so forth and so on. So they, they do read some stuff and they do think about it. We, we need to think about where the Lord's brought us. We need to be grateful from where it is. We've told you before that reading uh, the text, Velton and I in Numbers now, and uh, no, we're in Deuteronomy now, and they're going back again over some sacrifices. And how many times do they sacrifice an animal? And when we get through reading, we just look at one another and says, thank you, God, for grace. You know, thank you that, that we don't have to do all this thing. Pick up in verse um, 23 of, verse, of Exodus 12. For the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your house and smite you. You shall observe this event as an ordinance for you and your children forever. Look back at verse 14. You shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a celebration, as a permanent ordinance. Verse 25, And when you enter the land which the Lord shall give you as he promised, you shall observe this rite. And when your children say, What does this rite mean to you? You shall say, It is a Passover sacrifice to the Lord who has passed over the houses of the sons of Israel in Egypt. And he smote the Egyptians and spared our homes. And the people bowed low and, and worshipped. I don't know if sometimes we can really understand uh, no printing presses, no Xerox machines, no e internet, no printers, no copying machines. Nothing to read. But Daddy was there and he gathered his kids around and he says, let me tell you what the Lord's done. How he's brought us uh, from Egypt, from Pharaoh's punishment and bondage, and he's taken us into a land. I gotta quit. Okay.
we'll pick up there next week and we'll go from there. Again, uh, I don't, I don't mean to to beat on our friends. What what I'm trying to say is we've come a long way from what what at one time was to be holy and had a real meaning. Now it's nothing. Now it's nothing. We need to be careful to treasure what's in this book. We need to be careful to do what the book tells us. Lord, we thank you for this time and we thank you for these sweet people and we thank you for the book. Father, may we never, ever venture from it. May we hold it in its rightful place as your holy word. And we thank you. Be with us as we go from this place. Be with every word spoken, every song sung, every prayer lifted. And Father, we be careful to honor you and praise you in all things. Because it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.